We all crave connection. At our core, we all want to feel loved and understood. I'm Nechami, founder of Defiance Beauty by Nechami, a natural, high-performance beauty brand that is dedicated to celebrating diversity, empowerment, and inclusivity in the world of beauty. This podcast supports our mission of giving a voice and visibility to all women because we all have stories to share. It's a place where we'll learn about each other and ourselves, dive into important issues that affect all of us, discover all that we have in common, and make some memories. So pour yourself a glass of red and get comfortable. Every night is ladies' night, and we are women. I am so excited to have my friend, singer, and performing artist, Debbie Baum, on our podcast today. Debbie shares her musical journey, talks about what inspired her to create the Brooklyn Girls Choir, and then eventually the decision to close its doors. Debbie talks about her personal struggles with body image, sharing the impact that it had on her self-esteem and how gaining weight led her to a newfound sense of self-worth and empathy for others. Debbie shares the inspiration behind her powerful song, Beautiful, and the emotional feedback she's received from listeners. Debbie also shares the daily rituals and practices she's integrated into her life, allowing her to radiate beauty from inside out. This episode concludes with an intimate look into Debbie's songwriting processes, as you'll hear a very vulnerable journey of self-expression and healing. So I can't wait for you to hear Debbie's story, inspiring story of resilience, self-discovery, and the pursuit of beauty from inside out. Listen in and be inspired. I was actually kicked out of playgroup. I'm the youngest of 10, and I'm probably the loudest of all 10. Um, I was just like always like a very kind of, I don't know, and not, not like center loud type of person. Like I wasn't always in the center. It was more like whatever I was doing, I did it in like a happy-go-lucky, loud, fun vibe. Um, and my mom told me that they basically, the teachers in playgroup was like, I think it's time to send your daughter to like a big school because she's, you know, the other kids are not like up to the same um, pace as her. She's a little bit too loud and uh, you know, I, they were trying to say in a very nice way, like basically she shouldn't really be here. So my mother sent me straight to kindergarten. I'm the youngest of my grade. And in kindergarten, like I remember, like, I don't know why, because like, I'm not like a, like a, I didn't get after trouble. You say in London, naughty. Like I wasn't naughty. But let's say when we would sing, I would sing the loudest. So we might have gotten people on the nerves. <laughs> and I used to get punished all the time in kindergarten. Like, and then, you know, as, as a teenager, I was pretty like regular. Like I wasn't loud. I was like, I blended in. I'm actually quite an introvert. Like a lot of times I would just like read books and like write music in my little notepad on my own. Like, you know, I didn't kind of have to be that loud kid, but as a little kid, I was like that. So that's a little bit of what I was like. That's so funny. Okay. So you always like to perform. It sounds like I did. Yeah. I always loved to perform. Like I had solos since I'm in kindergarten. I have this recording. Someone just sent me actually like a month ago. She's my classmate in London. And she sent me this recording. Her mom videoed on, on like a camera recorder, like the old fashioned camera recorder. <laughs> And there's this video of me, like a little five-year-old, like singing this loud, high-pitched solo. So cute. 
but yeah, I do always remember performing since I'm little. Like I, I don't think I was ever shy or had any of those type of shy issues, basically. I'm right. probably more shy now than I was. That's so funny. Happens to me when I met you originally. I not at that, not at the Malcolm show, but before that. I was a little surprised. I thought that you'd be like more extroverted. You're very no. you're very nice and you know, friendly, but like yeah. I just I remember thinking like, oh, I totally misread her like before I met you. Yeah. Yeah, because I have this personality of like extrovert. Do you know? You know, like the, the stars, the, the signs of birth signs, whatever. Yeah, yeah, Zodiac. So, so I'm like a Gemini. Okay. Also. You're a Gemini? Yes. Okay. So do you know like Gemini personalities have two personalities? So like that's exactly me. Like I give off this extroverted like personality because on stage I'm so comfortable. But like in real life, like I'm really not that center person. Like I don't run to social gatherings I prefer to stay at home like cuddle with my blanket like I'm really that type <laughs> so interesting that's so funny yeah. I can really I can really for sure but what okay so let's go back for a second because I wanna I would love to hear how you decided to become a singer like was this something that you planned as you were a kid tell me about your journey so I don't think I have a plan to become a singer because as I was saying, I can literally sang solo since I'm like in kindergarten. So it was more like a given, like, yeah, you sing, you perform. When I was like 10 years old, I was already singing for public events in London with thousands of women in the audience. So it wasn't like, oh, I want to be a singer. I was kind of doing that. But at the same time, like I never thought I'd actually like be like, I can't explain it. Like I, I didn't think I would release my song publicly. Like I thought, okay, I would perform in public, but that's where I would go, and I thought it would stay in London. I didn't think it would become like an international thing. Um, and then when I got engaged to an American guy, things kind of changed because like, mm, like I'm planning to, I was planning to move to America, and I'm like, okay, that is basically opening a whole new world for me because it means I'm gonna get to perform in in New York when until now everything was London and I didn't have social media in London. So with my little bubble of performing in London, no one knew I existed, you know? So that changed, but I never like planned like, oh, I want to be a singer. I was just like doing what I was born to do. Um, and things just like led to one another. And I decided to give out song because I'm like, just think when I get passionate about like a certain like topic or like a message that I want to give out, it's more like I want to get this message out by hook or by crook so yeah I do singing I'll give it out in a song because I'm not a speaker so it wasn't like a plan like I want to be a singer got it okay okay that makes sense I also it also wasn't not a plan meaning <laughs> it wasn't like it didn't come in if you know what I'm saying right right it just ended up it sounds like it was very organic the concept of flow yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. that's what I would describe it as Right. So you came to America and you started the London Girl. Oh, sorry, I'm London. You started the Brooklyn Girls <laughs> Choir, <laughs> um, which was great. It was so fun to watch you and the girls perform. And so how did that happen? Just give us like a little bit of a summary of, of the story behind that. OK, the Brooklyn Girls Choir started because I always had this vision of like a singer needs a choir to back her up like I don't like when it's just like a singer alone like however pretty it is there's nothing like hearing that choir like backing up the singer 
and there was no choir in New York. There wasn't when I moved here. There, nowadays, there's so many choirs, but back then there was nothing. And I knew the London Girls Choir, and it was nothing in America. So I was like, you know what? In order for me to be that singer that has a backup choir, I need to open up one because who else is going to do it if I just sit and wait? So I, I am the type of person that I don't sit and wait for people to hand things over to me on the silver platter. Like, I work for stuff. I want something, I'll work hard and get it. Like, I don't wait around. And I'm not that type of person that complains and is like, hey, why didn't that happen to me? I'm like, go make it happen. Right. You know? <laughs> go, go make it happen. So I was like, hey, fine, I'll open up a choir so that they can be my backup choir. So that's how it started. I opened up the choir. And then, you know, when you have teenage girls in a choir, they all want solos. So it ended up being like I was giving myself to them. And I ended up ignoring a lot of, of myself. And I, I literally felt like I felt like depleted. Like I felt like I was giving my entire energy to these teenagers. And I love them so much. Like I think they gained like the world from it. Nowadays, like they're still friends and they've made lifelong friendships. So I've given them the opportunity to like perform and sing in public and so much that I literally like I felt like like my whole cup was like empty because I gave everything to them and I was ignoring my, myself and I wasn't like focusing on my own singing. And that is why I made the smart, logical decision of closing down my choir, not because I didn't enjoy it. I loved it. But on the whole, like I just realized that I was so busy with the choir and I wasn't focusing on my own singing and my true goal of what I really wanted is to sing and just have that backup choir. And then I noticed that, you know, as my choir was becoming popular, I did notice that more people were starting to open up their own choirs. I was like, great. If I close it down, there isn't going to be a loss because it gave the idea to other people like, hey, you could have choirs out there. Now there are so many choirs, which is perfect because if I ever want to have a choir sing backup for me, I'll just ring them up and say like, hey, can you sing for me? Um, so I don't need to own a choir. Like that wasn't my goal. My goal was really just to create something as a beautiful extra. Um, and I missed the choir because they, they became like my kids. Like I can't explain. I used to cook supper for them. Like not <laughs> kidding. Literally they were my life. Like I, I emptied out my whole bank account on them. Like <laughs> I used to make sure they're fed and they drink and everything is good. And like the moms trusted me with them and they used to hang out at my house and it was amazing. But at the same time, like I had to listen to myself and I'm mature and I'm like, this is not a long term thing for me. Like I need to listen to my own body and um, just this is not for me. And that's why I closed down. But it's always going to be like a beautiful memory because the songs live on. It's on YouTube. You Google Brooklyn Girls Choir, you'll find it. I think the songs are amazing. I worked so hard for them. And um, it's always going to be a beautiful memory. So it's not something I need to, you know, forget. It's something beautiful, actually, to reminisce. For sure. For sure. Yeah, they are beautiful songs. And actually, so let's listen to your dance song. I, think it's, I love it. I love it. It's so fun. It's, I think the songs are brilliant. And like, I don't regret any bit of opening up that choir. I think it was a good lesson for myself to see that I have to take care of me. Um, and it's a beautiful memory. Yeah, for sure. And you know, I love you mentioned two things that I think are so important. First one is about goals, like really focusing on your goals. And if something isn't working for you, it's not a mistake. You learn from it no. and you, you just move on and, you know, go on the path that, that, that will accomplish your goals. 
Um, and then the second thing is about taking care of yourself in regards to the energy being depleted. You know, sometimes also things in the beginning, it's not like that. You're being fed by it. And then all of a sudden, one day you realize like, I'm literally losing like energy from whatever this yeah. project is. And then you have to just shift things and, and try something 7%. else. Seven percent. It's like, sometimes I get people asking me like, oh my God, you paint and you draw. Why don't you do that for a business? Or like, I used to do people's hair in seminary. I used to like literally Friday, I used to blow dry everyone's hair. And I was like, why don't you become a hairdresser? You're so good at that. Or I don't know, random stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, it could be I'm good at it, but do I have to do everything? No, like focus your energy on one thing that's like on the forefront of your passion. And then you'll do better because if you spread yourself thin, like how are you going to survive and how are you going to take care of yourself? So I really believe in like focusing your energy on your most important priority, like People are very talented. People can do lots of things. But do you have to do everything? No, you don't have to. 100%. 100%. Yeah, it's, it's like the problem with creatives, you know? It's like, what do you do? But you have to you figure it out. <laughs> it is a problem. Like, Yeah, it was very hard for me to make that decision to close down the quiet. And I remember like that day posting on Instagram that I officially closed it. It was so bittersweet for me because it was like, are people going to see me as a failure because I closed the choir? Are people going to think like it wasn't successful? And there really, it wasn't even that. Like the choir was successful. Like it was more than I expected it, but I just know I, I knew I had to close it. It was just a logical decision. You know, if I would have had an emotional decision, then I would have kept it open. Right. It's so weird how patterns repeat themselves because I just had a similar conversation with a friend about something else. And she she was saying how she doesn't want to close whatever it is because she doesn't want to be seen as a failure. And I was saying there's so many other ways that you could be seen as a success in regards to your project. Like not everything is about staying open. Sometimes you could only you could see success when you close down the first thing yeah. and then open the second. I feel like it's, it's from my life photo book, you know, like those are yeah. pages two and three. So. for sure <laughs> yeah I love that so Dabi I want to hear a little bit about because speaking of sending uh sending out messages through your music um you released a beautiful song about body image which I, I just want to say it's so funny because a friend of mine who doesn't know that we're friends sent me um just like one day randomly and she has teenagers sent me the the link to your YouTube video of that I was like Honey, I've listened to this for a month. Sorry if I knew you would appreciate it. I would have sent this to you. <laughs> like, um, but anyway, so I want to hear about your journey with your own uh, body image, love coming to love your body, and and how that really affected you in regard, inspired you, I should say, to to release that song, to write and release the song. Okay, so um, the first thing I'm going to say is I'm still on the journey. Like, I don't think I've come to the other side. I don't think there's meant to be an other side. I think it's like a continuous journey. Um, and, and being that I am still so young, like I'm only in my 20s, I'm sure like I'm still going to get into more struggles along the way. But the, the point of what made me give out this message was when I was like a teenager, I, I don't think I struggled so much with my body image. Um, I, I felt, I mean, maybe I had like, you know, like teenage phases, um, but nothing like major that really made me doubt myself and like I didn't want to be seen in public. Um, I was always like pretty small, maybe like one or, once or twice I would be like a size bigger than I was supposed to be, but nothing drastic. Like I wasn't like a plus size. Um, and after I got married, I 
got pregnant with my first kid. I gained a little bit of weight, but not terrible. I lost my weight afterwards. And um, but when my second child was born, I had more complications in pregnancy that led me to gain 100 pounds. And I literally went into a 3X plus size, meaning I used to be extra small. And I went into a 3X, which is pretty drastic. And yeah. I literally wanted to hide myself. Like I remember those days on social media, I would video not myself. Like I would video other things and I would talk behind the camera. Or I would like take pictures and like crop it and like not show my body and just show my face. And I was really like, I hated the way I looked. And it wasn't because I hated the way I looked. It was because I would go into stores and nothing fit me. I would feel horrible. I remember walking into the store in Brooklyn and I just wanted to buy like a casual top. And I said, hey, um, where can you show me like what you have in the store that I could try on? She looks at me and she's like, mm, we sell for younger people in the store. So I said, how old do you think I am? I was 23 at the time. And she said, mm, we only sell like for people in their 20s. I said, I'm 23. Why are you saying you only sell for younger people? How about you change it and you say you only sell for very skinny people? Um, and she goes, you know what? Maybe I have something in the back. Let me check. Like all the way in the back of the store like hidden behind stuff like covered up I felt so horrible and disgusted I walked out of the store and then I went to a shoe store and you would think in a shoe store you know that isn't an issue because it's like your foot right yeah my feet happen to be like small like I'm a size seven shoe size like I'm not a big shoe size and I went into the store and even before me trying on the shoes she goes to me you're gonna stretch the shoes I really don't want you trying them on because she looked at my body she didn't look at my feet that's horrible. I felt so humiliated, like horrible. And I just walked out of the store. And then I was like, that's it. I'm not going shopping again. So I went on Amazon and I ordered stuff online. And I saw on Amazon that you do sell plus sizes. But it's hard when you order online. You can't like enjoy that. I love shopping. Like I was always like going shopping in London to Oxford Street and the West End. Like that was my thing. I love shopping. I love fashion. And it really like pulled me down. And I was trying to stay positive on the outside. and no one would understand me because they'd be like, be grateful for your other stuff in life. And obviously I should be grateful, right? But it was horrible. Just like that, um, like you don't matter. Like you shouldn't exist like that. You should really be a different size. And after a while, you know, I, I tried so many diets, like all of them were like failures. None of it helped. And I was just like fed up and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to be healthy. I'm going to eat whatever I want, but I'm going to like work out. I started running and exercising and I lost a little bit of weight. And then I was like literally looking back at pictures of like a month earlier, let's say 10 pounds bigger. And I hated the way I looked. It was terrible. And I was like, crazy. I've seen people that look the same size as me and they probably also feel like that. And I just was like wishing to put out a song and just put my feelings in the song like I'm not yet on the other side it's not like I'm feeling like oh all, all confident with myself but maybe it will help me heal and I started like thinking about it and thinking about all the good things I wrote down all the good things in my life and and then I was thinking you know what? I don't even want to be the skinny person because I'm I am happy with my life and then I realized like everyone is really beautiful people just don't realize it and open up their eyes and just like so many things to put in this conversation 
it was a lot of feelings and that was that was three years ago and I was like I need to put out a song I need to get this message out there must be kids out there women that feel the same way as me it can't be I'm the only one that feels like that it doesn't make sense and I spoke to someone who had the other side of the spectrum and she felt ugly because she was too thin and she said she never felt like she fit and she'd never figure she just always people always said you have no shape and you know she always felt like horrible about herself and I was thinking you know what it's really on both sides of the spectrum like everyone can feel like that and then I met someone that has really hard skin like she's always breaking out and she never wants to show her face on camera like every time we take a selfie she hides she puts on these very strong filters and I was like she is a very nice regular medium size and she could go in stores and fit into clothing but she doesn't want to show her face so really like every woman out there is struggling with something else with our image and it's such an important message yeah. and that is where all the thoughts of giving out a song of feeling beautiful that we should and be allowed to feel beautiful like you know I want stores to see the message I want people to see the message and then there's eating disorders out there and there's people that don't eat because they literally hate themselves you know and there's the opposite there's people that are overeating the whole time because they just like want to eat their emotions up (laughs) yeah um so there's like really it wasn't only about my struggle it was like I was I was starting to see that everyone feels like that in some sort of way or another um and then I you know reached out to actually one of the girls that was in my Brooklyn Girls Choir which is like all amazing how everything is connected um and I knew she's a very talented songwriter and she started writing her own songs after I closed the choir down and I said, hey, my name's Esty. And I'm like, I want you to come to my house. I play the piano. And you write songs. You write lyrics. How about we sit together? I'm going to do the music on the piano. You're going to write the song. And we'll do it together. And she was like, that is great. And we literally, it was oh, like one and a half years ago from now. She came over to my house. And we had like two sessions together. And we wrote the song together. And I told her all my emotions and everything I wanted in that song. I was like, it needs to be in there. It has to be my feelings on paper, even though she's writing the song. It has to feel like me. And we did this together and it felt so liberating. I was like, I'm so excited because it was an upbeat song. It was positive. I didn't want it to be like this depressing, slow song. I wanted it to be something fun and people could dance to it. And it just really like... It was amazing. And then the whole process of that was very, very long, boring process of going to a music producer and going to a videographer and getting them funds for it because these videos cost over $20,000 and I don't have that kind of money. Um, I was in college at the time last year, so I was like a college student. Um, and I reached out to organizations and clothing brands and slowly we, we did gather all the money, you know, from like little donations. And we managed to put out the song in june this past june finally the final product and just seeing that final product gave me the chills it was like it was years of like tears and and just like emotions and it's like all out here and someone a day after the song was released a mom sends me an email and she's like you have no idea like my daughter is leaving to camp tomorrow summer camp and she was crying she said she doesn't want to go to camp because she hates the way she looks and she's uncomfortable your son came out and she said, mommy, I'm ready to go to camp. Wow. It was like, even for that one kid, like the whole song was worth it. It was just That's basically so that. 
kind of sums up the song and I named it beautiful because there's nothing else that can describe it there really isn't um it's just a pile of emotions in one song sure and and, I mean there's so much to say like you can't even summarize it but it's what I'm trying to say is I'm still on that journey of healing and and I'm starting to you know feel confident in the way I look and trying to put on you know pretty clothing to make myself feel better and there are more stores that are now size inclusive and it's just like it's a journey for me but I'm you know, learning to see the positive side of it. And like, if it wouldn't have happened to me, would I have been that sensitive? I don't know. So it's a good thing maybe it happened to me because maybe I wasn't a Eve girl when I was young because I never went through this stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think that with anything in life, any challenge, you know, until you're actually going through it yourself, like it's harder to, you could sympathize, but you can't really empathize as much. You know what I mean? Right. I think yeah. it's just a fact, like, you know, it doesn't matter how much empathy you have or what an empath you have, you are or whatever. Um, but you're seriously doing God's work because helping women and girls with recognize their own beauty is, is huge. It, it affects the way we feel and act and accomplish. So that's amazing. What habits have you developed or have you implemented into your daily life to uh, work on your body image and appreciate the way that you look, no matter what size you are at the moment? Right. So I remember like I made like a, was it like an affirmation or like, kind of a statement like I, I wrote it on my phone in my notes when I was a 3x and I was having trying to have these positive thoughts and being like hey I can turn this around and I said to myself no matter what size I am what stage of life I'm at I always want to try and dress beautiful like that was something that I thought would make me feel better like if I have the right outfit and I do my hair well and like maybe my makeup how I, I like it like I personally don't like putting on foundation I'm not wearing any makeup right now but normally I do wear eye makeup and lipstick like that is my go-to but my actual skin like I like to leave clean and I'm like if I could like you know every morning go to the mirror and make, put, put myself together like you know uh be like a woman like just kind of feel pretty and that would make me feel good and it did because like I started like I was just three at but I put on like cute boots and like cute dresses I found on Amazon because there wasn't any other stores and then eventually once I started publicizing like videos of pictures of myself wearing these outfits of plus size then companies started reaching out to me and like hey we also sell plus size and it was very cool to hear about small businesses opening up and that they started selling plus sizes now I applaud the companies that sell small and plus sizes together more than companies who only do plus size. Why? Because you should be able to walk in a store with your friend and go shopping together. If she's small and you're big, why can't you shop in the same store? Yeah. That is what I like more than stores that only sell plus size. Cause then it's like limiting, like what about the small people? They can't go there. Like yeah. It's unfair that way also, you know? So it's like, I, I really like the places that do everything. And on Amazon, you do find that, right? <laughs> so, um, that was really my 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 routine. Every day I would be like, okay, what outfit am I putting on today? Like I need to look cute. And that was really the way I got through it. And I was like, hey, I actually look cute, even with my double chin. <laughs> I love that. So how did that affect you in regards to performing or did it not affect you? Like how did that work? So I'm always pretty confident on stage because like I, I get lost in the moment and I get lost in the song and I don't even think about my looks really while I'm singing but after singing I get people messaging me and I actually shared it this week on Instagram I don't know if you saw but like three years ago 
someone actually sent me a horrible message and wrote, oh, you shouldn't be performing on stage. You're too fat. You should go lose some weight and then go back on stage. That's horrible. Yeah. And it hurt. It hurt a lot. And you could say like, oh, hurt people hurt. Don't take it to heart. She's probably ill. It could be she's ill. But the fact is that message came into my inbox and it was true. I was fat. It wasn't like a lie, but like it really made me doubt. And then I see all these singers out there that do have these Barbie shaped bodies. And I'm like, hey, maybe she's right. You know, and it was really, really hard. And then I tried to go to these really big um, custom gown companies like Hasbridal. They made me gorgeous gowns. And they really made me feel beautiful. And I was like, you know what? Maybe I could look better in this dress than them because I have a bigger body. Like, you know, it, it more material. <laughs> more <laughs> <glam>. <laughs> so, I was just trying to tell myself that I'm fine. So really my, my healing journey to where I'm at at this point is that right now, like, I don't care what people say. I'm happy with the way I am. And I'm going on to stage regardless of what you think. And the, how did I get to this place of feeling confident is really talking to myself and telling myself like, Hey, like, I think I look, I, I think I look good. Like they don't think that. Okay. Too bad on them. So I really, a lot of this is like, inner inner work and inner healing and talking to yourself. Like I don't think someone else can do that to me unless they're going through the same thing as me and we share the same, um, you know, journey. But ultimately I think every person in this world that has problems that they're dealing with themselves, like, no one can tell you what to feel unless they went through the same thing. And I don't think anyone goes through the same thing as right. anyone else. It's true. So really, I would say like a message for people is like, if you're struggling with something, really the only way to go about it is like, have a conversation with yourself, talk to yourself. And I think that works. It worked for me. It is working. Did you get help like with a therapist? Did you go to therapy or was this all your own work? I'm very pro-therapy and yes, I do go therapy. Um, but I didn't go to therapy because of this happens to be, I've been going therapy, um, and the therapist definitely helps me, but I wouldn't say like everything of this was thanks to my therapist because I go therapy for a different reason. And I, I did bring this up obviously at sessions, but I do think a lot of it was really my own self. Right. And I just want, I just want to talk to you for a second. Sorry, but I want to just say that. No, even if a therapist helped you, it's still your own work. It's still your own doing. You know what I mean? For no sure. question about it. <laughs> I, I feel like everyone has that because a therapist can't like press a button. Right, right, right? exactly. <laughs> and and for sure, it's all your self work. Um, but meaning what I'm trying to say is I didn't specifically go to a therapist for this specific issue right, right. that I was having, um, you know, body doubt and I didn't like the way I looked. Like I didn't go to a therapist for that maybe I should have but um. <laughs> no I think we all do that by the way Dabby like I think it's like we all go for one reason and then it ends up bringing up other things you know what yeah. I mean it's just the way it works in therapy exactly. <laughs> exactly it's true um but it definitely is like good to be able to talk it out because talking to myself about you know how I look on a daily basis like just affirmations like I am beautiful saying that in the mirror to yourself is a really good thing yeah it's not totally. self-centered. It's not being vain. It's being human. And you have to love yourself in order to love other people. That's right. how life is. And also going along that the, the same lines is that you have to love yourself in order to be a good friend and have a good yes. and have healthy relationships. Because when you feel insecure, 
nobody's perfect. We all have things that we feel insecure about, but an insecure person is going to transfer unhealthy, toxic behaviors onto other people. I'm sure we've all. Yeah. I, I really think it's true. Like I'm a better mother and a better wife and a better friend because I'm more confident in myself yeah. and I love myself more. And they, they feel off that energy. You know, when people spend time with me now, they do feel that, that like comfortable, like happy energy because I really work for myself. And I don't think they would have felt this three years ago for me. Right. Even though maybe on social media, things don't seem as they are. And I could be smiling on a picture and looking happy, but really inside I was like, I don't want to go out of my house today because I feel ugly. Oh, for sure. Do you know how many times I've literally posted like a selfie of myself smiling and I'm just literally crying? Like, (laughs) (laughs) right? (laughs) It's crazy. It's crazy. But yeah, that's also a really great, important point to remember. It's funny because I feel like we talk about this all the time. Everyone on the social is always like, don't believe what you see. Things are different and the way that they appear. But it's very hard to internalize it unless if you constantly as a consumer or as, a, as a, someone who, who, you know, consumes content on Instagram until you actually pay attention to it and re- remind yourself that because it's important to remind yourself of that because no one has perfect lives. And we right. all, especially artists, I mean, emotions are up and down. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's true, right? It's true. And I would say like a very hard thing for me, especially was because I was a plus size maybe harder than people that are always plus sizes because I was never, I never looked like that until I was in my twenties, which means my whole life I knew what I looked like and I didn't recognize myself. I'm like, who is this person in the mirror? Like I didn't see myself because I, if I look at pictures of when I was like 19, 16, 17, 18, I had a complete different look. So it was like hard for me to accept, like, this is who I am. Like, it just didn't feel like myself. People that, let's say, have always been plus size their whole life, that they know what they look like. Like this is them. Like they're comfortable with it. They make it. They make peace with it. I I wasn't at peace with it. So I'm like, this is not me. Like who is this person? Yeah, that's really hard. It's it's almost like a whole new identity, physical identity. Yeah, yeah. That must be so. It was all due to circumstances that was so sudden in my pregnancy. I put on that weight so quickly. It was very, it was like a traumatic weight put on. Like it wasn't a gent, it wasn't like gentle, like slowly gaining weight. It was, it was very, it was within three months. It was like, it was weird. So, wow. you know, people also, that's another thing. Like people sometimes send me messages and they're like, do you love eating? Cause I, I share, like I go to restaurants and I love food and they think like I gained weight from food, but like, do they know why people gain weight? People don't gain weight from food in such a short amount of time. Like there's other things in life that happen. And that is also like, people have to open up their eyes and know like, what has weight gain to do with food? Like they're two different things. Like I'm allowed to enjoy life and eat my food. Yeah. It's amazing. The assumptions that people come up with. Yeah. It's crazy. (laughs) And then people that, (laughs) <laughs> people that eat with me in restaurants like when I go out with friends and family like I I'm known to be like a very small eater just by nature like I eat slow and I'm talking and having fun and people always like I didn't know you eat so little and I'm like well what has this one to do with the other <laughs> right right and then when someone's skinny people are like I didn't know you eat so much it's like yeah 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 eat- and then it makes you feel bad and like hey should I have eaten that should I not like right 
it puts all these crazy thoughts that you shouldn't have. Like you, every person should be allowed to eat however much they feel their body needs it. Because food is fuel and it makes you happy. <laughs> exactly. It's crazy. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah, totally agree. Yeah. And another thing that is also good to mention is like people, let's say, would see me now and they'd be like, how did you lose so much weight? Just because like I'm not the 3X anymore. Now I'm an extra large. And it's like almost like they're accusing me of losing weight. Like, did you lose weight? Are you allowed to? Like, who gave you permission? <laughs> like, how did it happen? And it's like, excuse me, like, mind your own business right now. I am taking care of my body the way I'm supposed to. And like, what is your mind allowed to tell me that I'm losing weight or if I'm gaining weight? Like, who are you? Like, seriously. It's amazing how people have the chutzpah to comment on other people's bodies. Yeah. It's still to this day. I'm like, we, it's 2023. Like, what are we doing? Have you not learned? Yeah. You know? If someone wants to give you a compliment and say you look beautiful, they shouldn't say, oh my gosh, you're so skinny. You look stunning. No. Don't right. say that. Say, you look stunning. That's it. Yeah, exactly. You don't have to add anything to it. <laughs> right. It's crazy. Okay, hopefully one day as we talk more and more about this and discuss these topics, people will start getting the message, internalizing the message. And um, yeah, but I also wanted to ask you, in because you mentioned the songwriting process before, it sounds like it's a super vulnerable process. Yeah. What's that like? First of all, like I, I thought like the most vulnerable part was actually making the phone call to my Brooklyn Girls Quiet alumnus and being like, hey, you helped me write a song because she's like much younger than me. And, you know, I was technically her teacher. Right. right. <laughs> um, and I was like, you helped me write a song. And then I would tell her all my emotions and everything I want to put in the song. And that was very vulnerable. And then the next most vulnerable part of the stage is the releasing of the video. Like that night it uploaded to YouTube. I was like, oh, like everyone is seeing it now. Like what? I was so scared. It was it was like I'm literally putting myself and my message out there and people can know now that I struggled in my body image. Like yeah. it's literally it's a scary thing. Like and and then I'm thinking to myself, like, why am I doing this? And the only reason why I'm doing it is to help other people. Cause for myself, I don't need the world to know that about me. Like I yeah. prefer to like be in my journal, you know. But it's always the only reason why I keep on putting out music is because of the feedback I get and feedback helps me know that I'm doing this for the right reason. And like God put me here for a reason. And maybe my purpose is to help other people in these ways. And if I can help, then help. That's so beautiful for sure. Could you write music like on demand? Because as a creative, as an artist, you know, don't you have to be inspired? Like so when you called your alumnus, Estee, you said her name was, right? And she came yeah. over, you guys just like wrote it on demand. Like, how does that work? So, so how it works is some people like singers like me, our main goal is singing and like putting emotion into songs. So I don't write on demand. I write whenever things come to me, then I put it on paper. But then there are people that have a job as called a songwriter. And they don't perform. They're not performers. So their whole life is about writing songs. So it's like, it's it's like for me, it's natural to sing all the time. For them, it's natural to write all the time. Mm. That's what I look at it as. So when I called a songwriter, for her, every day she's writing songs. So it's for her, it can be on demand. 
for me, if someone tells me, hey, can you sing this song in one hour and learn it? I'd be like, sure, because it's part of my routine is, yeah, I could sing on demand. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, like that if, makes sense. If someone, if someone asks a makeup artist to do someone's face on demand, it's a new style that they've never seen before. Could they do it? Possibly, yes, because it's part of their part of their like talent, their yeah. job. So my That's job true. is not a songwriter. I'm not called a songwriter. I'm called like a singer. I happen to do songwriting on the side when it comes to me. But when you approach a songwriter, they kind of do do that all the time, like every hour of the day. Got it. And that's why I collaborated because I wanted my emotion in that song. Oh, okay. That's very cool. And yeah, yeah. you know, I also want to go back to the vulnerability topic for a second, which is when you put out a song that's so vulnerable and it's it's so difficult for you, obviously, um, because you're literally sharing a piece of yourself with the world. Though that song or those songs, I should say, are the ones that that resonate the most with people because they feel your vulnerability and it it's attractive to their own vulnerability so even though it's so hard for you I'm sure you've seen I mean that probably has gotten like the most I would guess the most feedback they've ever gotten on a song right yeah it, on YouTube it's my highest view like video I did not expect it like I have a small YouTube page and this one is my latest song and it has the most views of all my videos that I've uploaded on there which is like wild so it it really it shows like you put something out from you like your soul and like no other intention there. The intention wasn't like, hey, I have a popular song, I think it's catchy, let's put it out, let's become famous. That wasn't my intention. Like it was just I really want this message out there. Like I don't care, like it's gonna get out there. Like it just has to go out. And it got out there and people are appreciating it for what it is. Like there's no I didn't have any fancy sponsors there. I literally like made hot phone calls and knocked on people's doors and was like, "Can you help me put out a song?" <laughs> it was. I love that. No, I didn't have anyone hand it over to me and be like, "Hey, we want to sponsor a song for you." No, it was right. very different. This was like a raw process. Right, and you feel it again. Like vulnerability attracts vulnerability. It's just it's just a fact, and and also it's interesting because you mentioned about the self work that you've done, and you know. It, it shows like in your music and in who you are as it does with everyone. Like as we grow and evolve as, as human beings, yeah. it's, it's so attractive to other people. Mm -hmm. We do become wiser every day. Every day we learn. Like you see it on people. It's like, I wouldn't want to rewind time and be the way I was at 18 years old just because I looked thinner back then. Like, no, I don't like that person. I like me right now. Right. And you have a certain, like, there's a certain glow that you have, you know, your face. And it's just, oh. <laughs> it's just even though you're not wearing makeup, you, you know what I'm saying? It's just I'm not wearing makeup. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's another thing, actually, I worked on myself is I learned to be comfortable in my own skin. Like, you would not believe that. I used to be the type of person that every day to work would full face makeup. Like, literally. Like, I was a half hour in the mirror, foundation, and bronzer, and contour and everything like full 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 face makeup every single day to work and now I don't wear makeup like on a daily basis I learned to like really like the way I look just how I was born like natural um and that was part of my self-work and I was like it has to go together because if I don't like my face how can I like my body so it was really like it kind of goes together I love that that's so beautiful okay so 
let me ask you the last question that I ask everyone, which is if you had one message to give over to the next generation of women, what would that message be? I don't want it to sound cliche, but I really like, I have a daughter. So I always think about like, what do I want her to carry on? You know, I don't want her to like go through what I went through. And I wanted to have the message straight away is I really want to ingrain in them. Like you are beautiful. Like I want every woman and girl out there. That is my, my main message. Like really like know that you're really beautiful. And I mean, beautiful inside and out, like not only outside, like you're a beautiful person. Like women are such amazing creations. Like we have so much to give. We have so much depth. Um, and we are beautiful people. Like I, I just want every woman and girl out there, like never to doubt themselves, like always to feel like they're, they're enough and they're worth it. And they exist for a reason because they're meant to be here and everyone appreciates them and values them. And they are beautiful, beautiful, meaning superficially and non-superficially, like internally and deep, yeah. beautiful. And I hope it's not cliche, but it really is my main message. No, today. it's. It's important. It's so important. So I'm glad you shared that. Thank you. And Dabi, where can people find you if they want to learn more about you? Okay. So um, my name is Dabi, like spell like Harry Potter, D-O-B-B-Y. <laughs> As I always tell people, I'm like, you want to have to spell my name, Harry Potter. So Dabi Baum is B-A-U-M. My handle is everywhere the same. So like Instagram, YouTube, um, you Google it. My website is dobbybands.com as well. Like my handle is the same everywhere. So wherever you want to search me, like I'm there on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music. And it always helps if you subscribe to my YouTube channel and follow my Spotify and um, share. Like sharing is always important. It, it means like when people listen to my music, it's more than if they follow me on Instagram. Like I don't care about the numbers on Instagram. It's more about like, are they listening to my music? Like that means more for me. So I want to say like a fun fact that every time I have my makeup done for a performance or a concert, the makeup artist asks me, is there anything specific that you want me to do on your face? And I always say, you could do my whole face like, you know, supernatural and whatever, but my lipstick has to be like bright and like seen because it's always important for my audience to see what I'm saying and what I'm singing. And my lipstick is always most important of anything on my face. Like, this is a fun that. fact because really lipstick makes everything so much clearer when you're singing. If you look at my music video, if I would have like a dull, like light lipstick, you wouldn't see the way I'm singing. So like lipstick really helps. So it's just like a fun fact. Right. And I love that you wear our <laughs> lipsticks, by the way. You rock them. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> like you, you practice what you preach because you do wear like the, the bold colors. So I love it. I do. Right now, I'm like not a good representative. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. We all have our days. Davi, I loved having you on. Thank you so much for sharing your story and being so real and authentic and always really. So thank you for coming on. Thank you, Nahami. And thanks for being such a great friend. I'm happy I know you like in real. That's all for tonight. Thanks so much for listening. Connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Defiance Beauty BN and on our website, defiancebeauty.com. If there's a woman in your life whose story needs to be heard, send me a message to let me know who she is and why she means so much to you. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to know your thoughts. We want you to feel heard. 